ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, mini episode Talking Jays. With me is Jeanette in LA. I'm Jose in New York. One of the first things that we would like to sort of address is John is not available tonight. Um, He's dealing with some personal matters, so he's not going to be available with us today. But otherwise, it's Jeanette and I, and I hope um, you enjoy the topics that we discuss. And feel free to um, write back to us if you agree or disagree with anything that we may say. We'll see if we can give you a uh, make note of it in the next episode. But um, today is four, um, April 20th, 2021. And today the verdict for Derek Chauvin case, it was three counts, I believe one count of second degree murder, one count of third degree murder, and one count of manslaughter. Um, and Derek Chauvin was found guilty of, of all, on all three counts. Now, Jeanette, you said that you saw this live. Were you at home when you saw this live, or, or were you working at your at your office? Yeah. So, um, fortunately for me, uh, today I I requested the day off, uh, so I was comfortably at home. Normally, I do work from home. So, if this had been a situation where I had been working, I would have probably done the same thing, which was. Um, you know, turn on the TV and and wait for the verdict. Uh, When it was announced that a verdict was in, uh, I was scrolling Twitter at the time and uh, somebody uh, retweeted that. It was somebody that was in Minneapolis. So it was like a a blue check. It was like, you know, whatever. And then I tuned in to uh, CNN and... uh, at the time, I, I want to say it was Anderson Cooper. He's like, oh, it'll be within the hour. So um, I just sat around and waited and heard a lot of what, you know, the panelists on on CNN were discussing in regards to a, a breakdown of what the, the charges against Chauvin were, um, how each one of those basically had, you know, two, three, four, like distinct uh, situations that need to be proven in order to be manslaughter, um, I'm sorry, a third degree murder, second degree murder. So it's like, you know, the intent, malice and all that stuff. And it's like the, you know, burden of uh, reasonable, basically proven without a reasonable doubt, what, you know, that the defense, that the prosecution was able to prove that all of these happen to uh, get the convictions, to get a guilty verdict from the the jury. And, you know, just sitting there and having to hear it. And then it's like, what does it mean? The fact that it was 10 hours of deliberation, is it gonna come back as not guilty, uh, you mistrial is a possibility because they were at the last ditch effort. The defense was trying to use Maxine Waters' presence in Minneapolis as a reason to um, declare a mistrial because she was influencing, uh, try, you know, what, what, like she was trying to influence people. And it's like, wait, but they're sequestered. They're not supposed to pay attention to the news. So, whatever. So, they were already trying to throw a rent in the system. And it's like, is it is it that for me? Um, one of the one of the things that always leaves a bad taste in my mouth is when these situations go hand in hand. You have the the civil side, where the family 
of George Floyd had filed a lawsuit against the city, the, the, the city of Minneapolis, and their settlement was, re, was announced months ago and they received 20 something million dollars. That was the amount that was gonna be given to them. So for me, whenever that happens, it always is just like, oh, that already is going to be a point as to why they would vote not guilty or they would come back with a not guilty plea on something because the, the jury to me, which is how I imagine it with Breonna Taylor, is the family's already got some money. Civilly, there is to give this money in a civil court, there is an admittance of guilt, even if criminally there isn't. So it's like, it's a back, it's a it's a backslide of some sort. That's how I see it. So in any of these situations where, you know, and 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 also it is not, it is not lost upon me that the civil suit, of course, it because it's less of a preponderance on the side of the prosecution to prove these situations, that those trials are quicker that you get a verdict much faster, that it is publicly announced how much money somebody is getting. Um, and the, the awardance of the money, of course, equates wrongdoing in a civil case. To me, that always makes it easier for someone in a jury to say, even though we, we cannot come back with a guilty plea, at least this family got money and in a manner of speaking on the other side, they kind of got what, you know, they got a verdict that favored them. So when the, when the settlement was announced with, the George, with George Floyd's family, for George Floyd's family, my automatic concern was when this trial starts, because I think at that point it may have either been trying to get jurors or, 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 in, or even before that, it's like the people that are potential jurors that's already going to taint their image and they may come back with not guilties because it's the money has been awarded. And to me, I felt that so strongly when it happened with Breonna Taylor, um, when her money was awarded, right? And, and everything. So when those situations happen, I always think that people are put themselves in a situation to be less discerning and less critical if they were to be a juror because they are already influenced by the fact that an ex a money exchange has already occurred. Um, and that is, that is completely unfair. I think it should be the other way around. I think if you, I know that every person is in these situations, the, the, the families of the victims are within the right to file a civil lawsuit against these police agencies and the cities that they represent. Absolutely, they are 100%, especially now that we have video just about everywhere that shows these wrongdoings, they are. But for me, and I, can, I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, I think the criminal trial should come first and then the civil trial should come later because there are, you do get it within the public that there are a lot of ignorant people or close-minded people that will always equate the fact that you already got some money as a as some sort of justice of some sort of admission of guilt and it shouldn't be that way put the criminal trial first right and get that 
guilty, not guilty, whatever, and then go to your civil, go to the civil suit. Because with the civil suit, they just want to know, okay, what's the damage? What's it going to cost us? How is this going to affect the city budget? Whatever. That, you know, and it's never an admission of like, we're going to reform, we're going to do stuff better. That never happens. But when you, when I feel like the civil cases are done first and there is an award, it would lend itself to a potential juror or other people saying, hey, they already got some money. Why are they still complaining? Whatever. And, you know, money, money is a great, money is a, is a great thing. You know, the, the things you can buy, the things that you can amass, you know, it's life-changing to so many people when you have a lot of it and then you lose, out, you know, you lose it. It's completely life-changing. But when you receive that, look at the circumstance in which you're receiving that money. Your family member, your loved one, your father, your brother, sister, mother, cousin, whatever, they had to lose their life in order for that life-changing money to be given to a family. And I don't understand how some people cannot see that. They just wanna say they should shut up because now they got $21 million. Well, I'm pretty sure that George Floyd's family would rather you know, go back to however they were living a, a year ago with him in their lives than to find themselves with this money and have, you know, and, and, and whatever, uh, generational improvement this is going to have for his daughter, his, you know, former fiance, his other family members, they would much rather have George here than to just be like, let's go, let, you know, let, let's go and set up a, let's go count the money or whatever. It is completely unfair. Um, I was braced for completely for everything to come back, not guilty um, I was debating this with my sister, like when it's 10 hours, do you think it's more in favor of the defense? Is it more in favor of the prosecution? And she took the side of, it's because the prosecution did a really good job. They were just, you know, dotting I's, crossing T's. There were not a lot of questions. Um, you know, she's like, they were in it. And then I was like, I don't know. I think it's like, I'm like, you know, because I wasn't paying too too much attention. Today was the first time I got to hear about like the the racial breakdown and whatever. And the one thing I heard, um, the one thing that I heard, which kind of made me think, okay, maybe this is going to be historic, is when somebody on CNN said that nobody on the jury requested a clarification on the charges, which to me means these this jury understood 100% what had been presented to them, what the standard for returning a guilty verdict for each count meant. And if they, if there was ever a point about needing a clarification, anything, that means that there had to be somebody that was a holdout. There was something that was said that was not clear that they felt it, it just did not rise to the standard. But even up until the minute where the judge said guilty, I had a pin in my stomach because I just thought, oh my gosh, like, like what is, like, what is going to happen? Um, you know, 
how how you know like with this video with with the video that was shot and all the expert testimony coming how could it just not be guilty and then you breathe this you release a sigh of relief after the first guilty and then he reads the second one and you go through it all over again it's like being on a it was like being on a freaking roller coaster which uh, I haven't done since I was 16. And it was the worst roller coaster ride ever. And then when it was finally, finally over, I wanted to, I wanted to cry because I felt like it was a long time coming and not just for him, but all the other individuals that we have seen videotapes of how they didn't have to die, they were complying. And it got twisted around to be, because this person is a this, their past, their record. You're from New York, Eric Gardner, right? Yeah. The se- he selling selling loose cigarettes and he-, he- that, That's not even the one that kills me. The one that kills me is the one in South Carolina where a guy was in his car reading a book and the police came in and just started shooting because they thought he had a gun. Right. And these are, and, and we only know of a small amount of these individuals because it takes a lot of courage for their friends and family to speak up against law enforcement. It's easier to do in a big city than if it happens in some small in a small town somewhere where you're like 4,000, whatever, and everybody knows each other, there has to be great trepidation in that. So we don't get, you know, those are names, those are situations that we don't, that we don't get to, we don't get to mourn for them. We don't get to say, as this is the statistic. We don't know if it gets counted. Those people never become part of like this long prayer that we have of victim and and in a in a in a in a i think part of the emotion that i had was it it carries these other people forward it pays respect to these people when we were saying look what you look what you guys look what these individuals did to tamir rice to trayvon martin right to Philando Castillo, Sandra Bland, all the names that we have been saying, Emmett Teal. Sorry to interrupt you, but you no, you have on. my, now is my nose stuffed up right now. You almost have me on the verge of tears. And um, just remember his last words, crying for his mother and then saying goodbye. Do you know... For I'm saying this on the I, I, as a man to literally be on belly down with someone stepping on your neck, and your last words are literally crying to your mom, who you'll never see again, <laughs> crying to your children, and saying goodbye as it's being filmed. And you're not aware that's being filmed. You're not aware that of what's going on all around you. All you're trying to do is just breathe. 
And literally, as this guy has his hands in his pockets, pressing down further weight upon, uh, uh, you know, upon George Floyd, you just picture the world around him just blackening as he's breathing his last breath. And despite the fact that everyone around him is saying he doesn't look good, he's not breathing, there's blood on the ground, what are you doing? They just continued and continued. And and they just wouldn't, they just, it's just sickening. But the thing that I started thinking about as I heard the verdict, because I was working, and then I'll get back to your final thoughts if you have, uh, not final thoughts, but that way you can say, and I, I sort of interrupted you as I was, because of what you, because of the things that you were saying. The thing, I'm looking at all these people all around in the streets where he died. I'm seeing people at the courthouses. I'm seeing people in different cities saying, this is why we marched. This is why we protested, because we wanted justice. And I'm looking at Keith, what Keith Ellison, Ellison said. Um, I think he's a congressman of Minnesota. I think he's either a congressman or I don't think he's a senator. Or is he a senator? I'm not exactly sure. No, Keith Ellison is the state attorney general for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah I think he, he, was he, probably... used, to, he used to be um, in a different uh, function of government, but now I believe he's the attorney general. And so listening to him saying that this isn't justice because justice would be reparations of some fashion, that the guy would have got his life back. This is more the, 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 the closing of a dark chapter and we're going on to a new chapter. And I think to myself, that prosecution worked their ass off to get that verdict. And you mentioned Sandra Bland. And obviously we have issues with Cam, um, Attorney General Cameron in Kentucky. And I think to myself, a divide. It, it's a divisive attitude. Do the people in Minnesota do that good of a job because they wanted to prevent an uprising? Or did the person in Kentucky just pretty much act out of cowardice and not charge those cops with shooting, Sam, not Sandra Bland, with shooting I'm Brianna sorry, Jim, Taylor. Brianna Taylor. Taylor. In the shooting of Brianna Taylor. And just basically go, huh, you know what? I want have bigger aspirations in government. So why am I going to even bother to go after them? Why is it that one group of prosecutors were willing to risk it all, and yet the other group was saying, eh, you know what, we gave them money, so it doesn't matter. We arrested her boyfriend, but because, you know what, we realized that we were in the wrong, we just basically dropped all charges for them. But at the same time, we'll drop all charges for the police officers that pretty much burst into here. And the only reason why they're in trouble is because they shot the opposing neighbor's wall. You mentioned you mentioned Tamir Rice. You mentioned um, uh, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin and Emmett even Till. even Emmett Till. Emmett Till is an interesting case because 
till this day, they don't they they know what happened, but we'll never know what happened. We'll never know. But the fact of that the mother of Emmett Till was brave enough to say, No, you're seeing this open casket to see the effects of what they did to my son. And the fact that all these people that grew up around him go, oh my God, I can't. Eat. If you watch that show on HBO, there was a show recently on HBO around the Emmett Till murder. Kid in one episode, literally, to the reaction of people at the time of the funeral for Emmett Till. And you sort of put your mindset at that that at that time. It's it's sad. It's tragic. And, and all for someone that apparently had a stuttering issue. And the only reason why that may have been um, that they accused him of whistling was because he had a stuttering issue, which we come to find out later on. And he had some disabilities, perhaps. And that's the reason why they came after him for a misinterpretation of, of, of what someone may have accused him of being flirtatious. A 15-year-old boy was literally lynched by a mob and nothing happened. And then you fast forward to what I wanted to ask you regarding, you know, since you talked about one of the things that you feared, you know, you grew up in Los Angeles, Rodney King. That was that was recorded. And yet those officers got away scot-free. And that was recorded. And you would think the prosecution would have come down with a hammer on them. But no, because the prosecution has to work with the cops to be able to catch quote unquote criminals. So why is what is it about these Minnesotan prosecutors that made them so brave? Or was it because they were afraid of things coming down even further in that city. I don't know. I, I, I would love to know the nuances of all these things because the thing that I'm afraid of, Jeanette, is that what does this verdict, how does this verdict shape the future of history? It, will this be something that we're going to look down upon and goes, it all started from that, that trial? Or we're we gonna go that that trial happened onto the next thing, and then we're gonna completely forget about George Floyd. We're gonna completely forget about these names will just be names on a list. Then basically it's an expanding list that keeps on growing because although we want police reform, it doesn't really occur. That we get little small elements of police reform just to appease us, and nothing really comes of it. And it's scary to me. It's scary to me because I like. The, the idea is that you leave the world better for the generation that comes behind you. That it's the it's our our generation's turn now to try to improve the life for the next generation, and so forth and so forth. They keep on going, but it seems like Bomani Jones said it best: "We did not become a democracy until 1960s. We didn't become a democracy." because it took the Civil Rights Act to be able to give people a sense of equality. And that equality has been stripped in so many ways with, with what they're doing. So we got the, the George Floyd verdict, but at the same time, if you take a look around you, they're stripping away of our freedoms to vote. 
so you so it's almost like a magician's trick of where they where you look at one hand and you don't see what the other hand is doing. I, they, you you look you you're so focused on one particular trial that there's five other trials of civil uh, of cops doing malicious things that are going on, but because you're so focused on one, you you how when are you going to be drawing your attention over to that one and are you going to be going back and forth or is your attention going to be on these five and then you're going to forget about the George Floyd it's it's, it's I don't know I, I don't know I, I it's it's a, it reminds me of a short story I read in which a zookeeper and an elephant disappear from the zoo it's on the first page of the newspaper about a week later it's on page two a week later it's on page five a week later it's pretty much just a blurb in the newspaper is that what's going to be of this, or is this going to snowball into something bigger? And I can only hope it does, but I'm so afraid that it may not. And what changes may happen because it won't. I think a lot of it is the understanding that in in Minnesota, it was a huge catalyst to all of the protesting and manifestation that happened last off that happened last summer um the fact that um there was you know uh you know after that there you know there was another shooting and and everything and it was a catalyst for for so much of the interruption in sports and the outcries for equality not just in the United States, but all over the world where you saw images of George Floyd in Europe, in South America, Africa, Mexico. In Mexico, where there is a far, um, where this problem of abuse by law enforcement and cover-ups and unsolved murders and disappearance um, which is blamed conveniently blamed on the cartels, but is never fully investigated. There was there was a, a passionate um, uh, manifestation calling for you know for justice for George Floyd because these people in in Mexico you know they could relate to knowing that the perpetrator was a cop, but not being able to prove it for fear and of retaliation to their own selves and the remaining family members, because that's what happened. People were going up in Mexico, were going to police stations where they knew a cop had done something to, you know, someone, and they were burning down police stations, flipping over cop cars. They were, they were not afraid because they received so much courage from what was going on here. Part of, I think, what happened with Breonna Taylor, I want to exact, I just want to say is the influence of Trump on, as you said earlier, on a Republican, um, you know, the Attorney General of Kentucky and his aspirations to go further in, in politics. So you can't take that away how much when the person in power is there and te van a respaldar how you can just half-ass it and it's like hemming and hawing and come up with something different 
And it's like, well, that's it. We can't open it anymore. I did what I did. If it was 20% effort, try to prove it. You can't, whatever, right? But then when you have in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, our, our new president and vice president, who have talked about these national police reforms and have introduced bills and in, you know in the name of George Floyd and saying this is what we need to do to ensure our communities are safer and it, it is not just for the benefit of us as citizens it's also for the benefit of police officers because on the flip side we always get these tales from officers from people in law enforcement that tell us how difficult their job is from having to be put into a situation where they have to respond to issues of mental health crises, um, a psychiatric episode, all these things that they are not equipped to do and how either it hurts, they, they themselves can become hurt or they end up hurting someone else and then they become a scapegoat for something bigger that they don't want to be part of because they are not trained to deal with something other than a traffic stop. They don't know how to do something other than arrest a person for a, a crime. They, 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 they cannot deescalate the situation. So they, you know, in that situation, they need, you know, the law enforcement has to meet concerned citizens halfway and realize that what we want is a better trained community, a better trained law enforcement, so that it's not only does it save our lives, the potential lives of the citizens, but also does it for officers. So we don't have to hear about, you know, they went to someone that was, you know, they, they went to go deal with like, so like here in Los Angeles, maybe it was like homeless people having an argument and maybe a homeless person did something to, to an officer. Because then it's like, you know, it scapegoats to another problem. It's like, no, we, we want all of these for everybody's protection. And they don't understand. They want to make it into a, you know, uh, that we want lawlessness, that we're going to, you know, deride to something out of, you know, Lord of the Flies. We're going to start killing each other on our own, whatever it is. It's like, no, we're just saying that we want policies that work that protect us as citizens and also protect you guys and make your job easier. If, if, if a police officer, be it in New York, Los Angeles, somewhere in Idaho, right? If their only interaction with one person for that one day that they were on the shift was just to make a routine traffic stop and everybody got to go home, wouldn't that be so much better? If it wasn't about machismo, and, and, and showing that because I have a badge, you know, you think you're Wyatt Earp or whatever the hell it is. You're gonna exercise something in you that you're not able to do when you're not in uniform. You know, it, it leads to the situation that we've seen tonight and there should be no resistance because as I've said before, the, the fact that all of these civil monies come out of the city's budget and not directly from the, the agencies police, yeah, the police it has they have no incentive to change their behavior because someone else is going to foot the bill every single time 
right now the city of Minnesota they have the Dante Wright another right another case case pending so it's like you know what and 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 we just came off of like this pandemic recession right uh, that everybody is facing where businesses have not thrived coppers for all the cities are low so does do the people of Minneapolis prefer for their city to spend if they have a surplus to spend their surplus paying out civil litigation suits because of police shootings or invested in in schools uh, giving uh, grant money to small businesses uh, operating food pantries, fixing roads, affordable housing. And if you just look at it in those terms, it's like the police don't give a fuck about that shit, right? No, because they get their budget and their budget is not as long as yeah. their budget is touched. So to me, I think a lot of the influence, this is going to be whether Biden and Harris intended or, or not, this is more of a premier issue, a signature issue for their administration than it's going to be to strengthen Affordable Care Act, uh, you know, the, the the migrant children situation at the border or, you know, reforming, reforming immigration, uh, you know, fixing our ties with uh you know, other other world leaders, uh, you know, fixing the economy, whatever. No, this is going to be their thing because from this moment on, they're, they already put their face to it. He, they made the press conference today. So they already uh, um, associated with this. So however, whatever type of involvement they're going to have in with other like attorney generals where uh, these other situations have happened. Um, like I know it's happened here in California. Um, if it's happened in New York or, you know, Florida, whatever, anywhere else, is it going to be the, are they going to request the same thing where it gets, it gets taken out of the hands of the local, you know, attorney general's office. And, and it has to go, it has to go to the state attorney general or someone is appointed from the federal level to do this. The Justice Department has to come in and do this because we want to ensure transparency, accuracy, and we want to ensure that departments with continued um, stand with continued episodes of officer-involved shootings through or or murders because of deadly force have are have an actual punishment or you know something happens to them so that they can learn from their mistakes you know like back in as you you know you're talking about LAPD when we ha after you know Tupac was killed and the, the biggie shooting and everything and they discovered that oh there were these 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 uh, gangster cops at Rampart division Rampart Rampart LAPD Rampart it was this that's where all the bad cops were. Got to shut it down. And they closed down an entire like station of police officers. They were fired, whatever happened to them. And it was like a point of pride and joy for LAPD that they cleaned up Rampart and you can trust Rampart and blah, 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 blah. Do it now. You know, 
because the other thing that happens is when these other officers that commit these crimes and they get away with it or they're found not guilty, they're still able to get work somewhere else as a police officer. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So they're able to turn up somewhere else and, and be law enforcement. And how that shit isn't on the record, doesn't come out in a background check of like bulletin, so-and-so, so-and-so shot X person. Shouldn't that be like, like if I do a Google name search and I know the names of all the officers from Breonna Taylor, right? And one of them, like I didn't follow the case, whatever. But if I Google search one of those guys and his mug comes out, and then the next thing is Brianna Taylor. Why the fuck would I hire you? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, what, I know, what do you? I, do? I, I and, with you. And, and and maybe up until like um, you know Al Gore invented the internet, that was like how you got away with it, right? But now where you can Google everybody and anybody, and it gives you all the results. Like you don't need to pay. You know, like we hired a search firm live scan no just just go to google like save that money in your budget for live scan and uh put it put it towards gas or something else well well paper the office commissioner gordon like no google it and if it says something 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 uh whatever and it comes up with one of these names that we have mentioned or even names that we haven't mentioned in this recording don't hire that person just be like no, we can't afford to take the PR hit with you, buddy. Like, go and uh, go learn a trade. You know, go go be an ice cream man. Something I don't know. I don't, think you, them, I don't think you want them to be an ice cream person. I, I don't know, but but it's like, uh, sorry, you you know, no, nah, we're not taking that hit. You know, go and uh, you know, go go work for you know, maybe Uber will take you. I don't know something. But don't it's work like in security at a school because yeah. some people just basically duck and cover and let the and let the shooters shoot. But um, I have two cousins that are police officers, and I won't deny. It. I pray that they make it to their see their families each and every day, because it's we need to remove the stigma out of mental health and police officers like my cousins who one of my cousins rides a horse through central park and the other one's police officer for the department of freeport which is the town that i grew up on partially and they do their jobs and they go see their families and it shouldn't take the death of one individual in an unjust manner to be able to say let's weed out the wheat from the chaff it should be that the departments do regular um, reviews, annual reviews, just like you probably get one at your job, I get one at my job, they should do an annual review where basically they review these people to see if they can handle the job. They should open up mental health organizations, not just to citizens, but to police officers too, because many of them high, many of them at times have mental health disorders and not disorders, but it's the stress that comes with the work. We need to, if you look at the NBA as a small microcosm, there's a few athletes that says, yes, I have social anxiety. Before, no athlete would ever dare say that until retirement. 
But now you have some athletes basically saying, I have mental anxiety. I, I, I see a therapist for this. And they seem perfectly fine. And obviously they're millionaires or whatever. But forget about that. What I'm saying is it, you do not have to need to have a police officer handle something, mediation, say, you know, in some household X, the mother and daughter are screaming at each other. You don't need the police officer literally to threaten the daughter in a car and say, I will shoot you if you don't shut up. Because that's actually happened recently. Where there's actually been a phone calls in which I've heard on even Jim Rome, who's a sports radio guy, where basically the guy's like, yeah, I'm having an argument with my daughter. Can you please come over here and threaten to, shoot, and, and threaten to arrest her? No, the, they, you, there's such things as mental health organizations, or maybe we need to start funding them to, to go along with a police officer to certain cases. That certain cases require force. Certain cases require a different approach because clearly something is failing in this society and no one seems to know other, any other solution other than go guns blazing. Oh, we'll pay for it later. And you know what? I don't have to pay for it. The city will pay for it. I'll just try, get transferred to another job. One final point. So um, at, at some point today, I found myself tuning in to a sports center. And it was uh, refreshing to see that Sports Center had dedicated, I want to say about two, it's two hours before yeah. baseball tonight, to covering the verdict. And it was L. Duncan and Kevin Nagandi. And it wasn't just like, we're going to read you tweets from LeBron, tweets from, you know, Russell Wilson tweets from Evander Kane and all these other people, how they felt, you know, no, it was them actually being honest and thoughtful on what today meant to them, what acknowledging the work that the athletes have, have done for social justice, demanding uh, social equality, police reform, over the past year and it was incredibly refreshing to see that ESPN did not stick to sports and actually covered this momentous um, day in a very respectful and profound way. Um, so I want to applaud first of all L. Duncan and Kevin Nagandi for being so vulnerable and so wonderful on Sports Center, so thank you both to them and the other people that they brought on to discuss this topic, like Stephen A. Smith. And then last but not least, the people at ESPN. Because me and you as Levitard fans, we know that, you know, a lot over the past year, a lot of what they got was stick to sports, keep politics out of your show. So for me, it's like, let's not just make it fashionable to do this type of situation. Um, let's make it more comfortable to have these personalities, these people, these actual people of color 
allowing you know acknowledge them that they want to be this vulnerable and talk about these circumstances but also to realize there are going to be moments where we just cannot stick stick to sports we it's greater than sports it's about you know all the impact for everybody and when you you know they're always talking about use your platform for this use your platform for that well you know what that platform is L's and Kevin's and they used it beautifully. So I am incredibly proud for them and of them to have done that today. And for all the people that are in the stick to sports camp, um, find, find a new excuse because stick to sports is just not going to work anymore. After if ESPN did that today, it's just not going to work anymore. So find some other, you know, stupid ass excuse. And then when we debunk that crap, see what else you can come up with. I, I agree with you. I give them credit for that. And I give them credit for an episode of something they're going to be doing. I think it's maybe three part episode that they're doing in dedication to Jackie Robinson. Um, you know, this month is uh, not this month, but the, I believe the 24th is a particular day. I believe Jackie Robinson's first started in the majors or was brought up to the majors around April 24th is when the major leagues dedicate that day to Jackie Robinson. And they're taking a few athletes um, from the past and present day and, and having them talk about, you know, being African-American in baseball and stuff like that. So that whole stick to sports narrative, is just garbage that was spewed by one particular personality on Fox News that I can recall, who I wouldn't, I will not go off and name unless you really want to look into that and see all the bile that she said in her, in her past. But the fact that some of these athletes are saying, you know what, sports is more than just me performing, me performing for you. I'm a human being and I have civil and human rights too. And the fact that more athletes are taking the torch from the likes of Muhammad Ali, Billie Jean King, um, you know, let's Jim just, Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hank Aaron. Yes, yes. Especially with Hank Aaron having passed. That they're taking, you know, what what's his name? The, the coach for the Spurs. Um, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich and even even um, even Steve Kerr being so open. Stan, and, and Stan talking, Van Gundy. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy being so open and going, we're more than coaches. We're allowing our athletes to have a voice. We're not keeping their voices shut just because you don't want to hear it. But guess who's going to hear it? Your children will. And unfortunately, the words of Charles Barkley, I am not a role model, is basically just bunkum because of the fact is that these athletes realize that there's power behind their words and their actions. When you take a look at FIFA saying, you know, no to racism and athletes actually being behind that movement, even though that's a whole corrupt organization in its own, but there's athletes saying, no, we are, we agree with you and we want our voices to be heard. There's, they, 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 they're, they're just more than just an athlete. There's, there's more, more there beyond the, um, beyond what's seen. But um, you, you, um, we were talking earlier and you mentioned, you know, in light of all this with George Floyd, that you had um, had some idea, uh, wanted to talk about Adam Toledo. Um, you know, if, if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that, I wanted, I wanted to see what you had to say about that in particular, the, the shooting of Adam Toledo recently. So um, the 
Adam Toledo happened in Chicago and, you know, um, following the pattern of all these situations, it's the police statement, which uh, is released with a certain set of, I won't even call them facts because, you know, when they turn out to not to be true, they're lies. So in this statement, it, it painted many uh, uh, vivid imagination. Fuck it, they just fucking lied, right? And uh, they were saying that he had a gun. Uh, he was coming towards towards officers, you know. And then the video comes out, and you see. Uh, for those of you that uh, have not seen it, because you're just like I can't take it in my soul. And this the video was retweeted into my timeline on Twitter. And I saw, and they didn't, it wasn't the whole video. It was up to the point where he is shot in the chest and he drops. And, and like it, it, the video stops a moment after that. And I hurt and I cried for that when I saw it because I, I just thought, oh my gosh, that could have been my son. And the fact that it was a week after the initial report or whatever you want to call it that Chicago PD released and they made all of these claims about what Adam was doing. And then you see the video and it, that is not, it, it, they, you know, it's contradictory there, it, you know, and you have also, you know, the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot saying, uh, you know, disputing, the statements made in that initial report by the Cook County District Attorney's Office, and they walk back their statement. So it it follows this gross pattern of of negligence, of of thinking, of of, of these you know, the, the DA's office and the police working together to cover each other's backs and to present a situation where they um, support the police officer despite having all of the evidence of a body camera or uh, some other footage where the benefit of the doubt goes to the police officer the story then you know will get flipped to he was a bad kid it will get flipped to his mother his associations um you know it, it, the spotlight will will not shine on the police officer eric stillman eric stillman eric stillman eric stillman it will be adam toledo the neighborhood he grew up in, and his mother. And Chicago violence. And, right, and right, Chicago. Violence. And Chicago, because Chicago. It's Chicago. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a person of color that was going down the wrong path because Chicago. That's the other thing. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that point. Because, like, you know, like every single person from Chicago 
is some sort of so, you know gun-toting sociopath, right? They're they're just looking like, you know, we got, you know, um, Michael Jordan out there trying to snipe people and shit. Like really, like shut the fuck up. But it is so convenient. Just as like you have an automatic excuse. No, because Chicago. It's a checklist. Exactly. It's a checklist. Right. It, it, if it. Chicago check. Violence check. Gangs check. Guns check. Guns check. Guns check. Guns check. Gun point. Gun. Gun single, pointed at police officer. Parent, check. 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 Single parent. Single parent check. Bad household. We don't know, but we'll still claim it. And it's all these. It's a checklist. Right. And then it's all these people there because you know we're not saying that there are not legitimate situations where gun violence has occurred in chicago absolutely it ha- you know it, absolutely it has but for this to get swept under the rug of it's chicago is bullshit and there were a lot of thing pieces already out that i don't even if you put no thought into it i doubt you can call it a think piece but this was already being swept under the rug of chicago and then they interview people that knew adam and they're like he was he was a smart kid um you know he was he wanted to be an actual police officer when he grew up that was his life's goal right but it all gets swept away under chicago under just another hispanic kid or minority kid or chicagoan that just basically died from gun fire and the thing is you become a statistic and the thing to me that i have a great weariness towards is um a few years ago um there was the there was the body cam or dash cam footage of La- Laquan McDonald being killed, shot and killed by Chicago PD. When this case was brought forward, it was purposely delayed by then Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel because he was in the middle of a re-election campaign and he did not want this investigation interfering costing him an endorsement from the police and making him a one-term mayor. So he sat on that until he comfortably became, you know, gained his reelection. And then he allowed it to be investigated. And all of those facts came out in, uh, I think there was like a, a justice department or something, but that information did come out. So now when it comes back to this circle, uh, when it comes back to this case, let's hope that Lori Lightfoot can look past her political aspirations and does not do something similar to Rahm Emanuel because that would only add more um, like crap to this reputation that Chicago has as being completely lawless and corrupt. Because remember, when, um, uh, you know, was it uh, Jesse Smollett when he faked his shit in Chicago too? It was like a whole, like you can't trust Chicago and whatever they're investigating. It's like, oh no, for once they got it right. The dude did like totally um, fake being attacked and like whatever. 
So now, um, when when all of this investigation for for Adam and what happened with him and his tragedy, uh, it recalled to me the grave miscarriage that occurred to Laquan McDonald because of someone's greed and desire for political power. So in, in a weird way, this kind of ties back to the Kentucky Attorney General and the shit show that he did with Breonna Taylor. You know what I want to know? Whatever happened, what happened or whatever came to be of that shooting that happened in Atlanta, where the guy was, I think he must have been, you know, it was his daughter's birthday party. I think she was one, turned one year old and they had a birthday party for her and he was a little bit inebriated and he was sort of, I think he had slept in the middle of the driveway of the drive through at Wendy's. Do you remember when they burned down the Wendy's in Atlanta uh, last year? I'm wondering, that's another incident that's probably swept under the rug because no one ever talks about what happened since that point, that point in, uh, since that point. We don't know whether that ever came to trial or not, whether they basically, all charges were dropped against the police officers for shooting that gentleman that basically was just decided to run and grab the police taser. We never hear anything that went on with that. All these incidences just get swept under the rug, despite the fact that it's the a lot of it's to blame is the news cycle. And that's why I mentioned the elephant vanishes, because it's a story that basically the story is big now, and two months later it's gone. I, you know, it, it it's all about regarding you talking about police aspirations, I believe the guy's name is David Cameron, but I think he has the same name as the British Prime Minister, former British Prime Minister, but I believe the guy's name is David Cameron in in the the, the, um, Attorney General in Kentucky, who's basically trying to become a senator. And he is brushing up with the right people and hobnobbing with the right people by selling out his own people. And selling out his own citizens, the people of his city, his own state, just because he's trying to aspire for greatness, be seen as the 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 you know the darling of of his state. Look at Matt Gates, who was a darling of his state, until we found out all this stuff that's in his closet. All these people that aspire for greatness. They, you rise up so fast, you're going to fall pretty damn hard when you do. And it's a shame that it's at the cost of lives and humanity and mental health of individuals in the worst ways. I don't know if this guy, if the prosecutor or the attorney general of Kentucky has any demons in his, in his closet, but if there's one, it's the fact that he's allowing police officers in his state to get away with the most brutal of all crimes and the fact that he's basically going you know what she's just another statistic what does it matter if she would have died this way she would have died some other way in chicago oh he's you know adam toledo is just another statistic let's just keep on adding to the, the the amount of deaths in in chicago 
But when you want to talk about gun reform or in any way, shape, that is a taboo. We can't do that. If you want to talk about the statistics of deaths caused by guns, nope, we can't have the CDC count that. It's, it's, it's against all rules to have that. We cannot allow gun violence to be considered a, a, a health risk. I think in the news recently, there was a three-year-old child that picked up a gun that wasn't in a box or a safe in any way and shot his not even one-year-old brother because of gun violence. But if I want to talk about gun violence in any way, I have all these fingers pointing at me saying, nope, that, that was just one incident that, 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 and it doesn't affect everything else. Look, just today, there was a shooting at a supermarket that's 10 minutes, seven to 10 minutes away from my house. I go there frequently. And now two people are dead and one is in critical condition with the criminal caught. If I, I'm glad, I said to my coworker, I'm glad I do the grocery shopping for my household because I would have been afraid if my mom wanted to buy groceries, she would have been at that supermarket. But it shouldn't take me to go, well, how does this affect me? It, it should be, how does this affect all of us? Right. Just like, right. Because no, even in those situations where it happens to you, sometimes it's not even enough to have to cause someone a moment of reflection and state, I have been wrong about this. The perfect example of that is um, Representative Steve Scalise when he Scalise, Scalise yep. he was shot by some crate. They were playing softball. Him and a bunch of other senators, congressmen in Washington D.C. He was shot in the thigh. He could have died. Um, uh, I, I, the gunman was killed, right? Whoever that person was, I, be I believe. Right, so, yes. so he was not. There's no. There's no court. He didn't have to suffer like, oh, you know, going off like attempted murder of an elected official. Um, you know, losing his citizenship, being thrown into the Atlantic Ocean, whatever. But this man, this this Republican, you know, A two guy, he was shot, almost died that day. And even him being a victim of gun violence was not enough to change his mind about why we need to have universal background checks and make it harder to get guns and, you know, gu gun control, gun reform, whatever you want to call it. No, it, it made his resolve even stronger about why we need to have bigger, badder, deadlier fucking guns this guy is willing to lose every shred of cell in his body to protect guns i don't fucking get it i don't get how you can go to work every single day and look at gabby giffords and think and, and see how a woman a a woman in her late 30s 40s had to restart her life how you can seriously look at that woman in the face and say we're not going to do anything about this my former colleague i or it comes it, it shows up in their own backyards and they still out of pride stupidity i have no idea what you want to call it um jose they will not reconsider 
And is it just the power, the lobby money power of the NRA? Is that strong or there? I, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't. And it's not just with guns. It's been with, with COVID and the vaccines and testing. And like, even, even, even in those moments when it has happened to you, you, they have, there's a lack of compassion and sympathy and empathy for anybody else that it has happened to and preventing it from happening to other people. You know, these people are the ones that will tell you the United States is the most generous and uh, country in the world. We do so much for, for all these other places, but why don't you we do jack diddly squat and shit for your own citizens? Exactly. And then out of the corner of your mouth, you won't have common sense legislation that will prevent you know, shootings like the one that happened in your grocery store today, like what happened in that FedEx facility over the weekend. This weekend. What this weekend that 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 police officer that shot those people in Austin last week. Uh, what happened what happened in what happened in Boulder, Colorado, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? And the Navy base in Virginia where some shooting happened not so long ago. 